0: this thing on? Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. This no-holds-barred conversation happens every Tuesday with new guest experts, raw conversations, and real tips for lasting change for your mind, body, your business, and your marketing. So grab your cocktail and let's dive in. Kelly, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? Thank you. I am drinking pre-workout for the caffeine. Oh, I hear you like black coffee too, though. I do, (laughs) but this is easier to make in the morning when I'm super tired. Oh, yeah, because you just literally get the powder and then put it in your shaker and then you shake it and drink it. Yep. Very easy. Is it gross? No, it's really good. Actually, I wouldn't drink it if it was gross. Oh, good. Well, I, I ask because I feel like some people think that. Black coffee is disgusting. But I I have been through that point in my life where I'm like, I can't have the sugar that all of these coffee stands have, for example. And I'm like, I, I just have to drink black coffee or I'll put like stevia in it or something, but. I'm weird and I just like black coffee.
1: (laughs) You like the taste of it? I do. I mean, it depends from where, but Dunkin'
0: iced black coffee. Yeah, that's my go-to. God, I don't have a Dunkin' around here, but I would love to. So Kelly, let's stop talking about coffee. Let's talk about what we actually are here to talk about. But first, can you give us a brief introduction of who you are, who you serve, how you help people?
1: Sure. So I am a virtual lawyer for entrepreneurs. So I help coaches, freelancers, course creators, any type of small business owner. I help them legally protect their business. So with contracts, trademarks, business startup kind of stuff. And then I also help people create passive income with digital products. Since I have my own digital products and contract templates, I decided to help other people kind of do
0: what I do. So what is passive income for people who are brand new here? Who is like, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I see the word all the time.
1: Yes. So basically being able to make income without having to continuously either do work or, you know, take on more time, more work, something like that. So basically getting money for something that has already been done. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay, so I think when people hear passive income, they think a lot of time about online courses. Is that the kind of passive income you teach or is that just a part of it?
1: So, that's definitely a part of it, and online courses are a great way to make passive income since you create the course once and then can, you know, sell it over and over again. But there's so many other ways to make passive income too. You know, there's all these different types of digital products like I have contract templates, but there's also, you know, eBooks, email challenges, like guided meditations, masterclasses. There's so many different ways that people can make money that it doesn't just have to be an online course. If you know, that's not your thing.
0: Yeah. I feel like recently, well, since the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people obviously have shifted online and online courses are something that I've seen being talked about a lot. So I love that you're bringing up the fact that it doesn't have to be just an online course for you to be able to create passive income with it. So you mentioned that you have contract templates, correct? Yes. So how does that work for somebody who's like, okay, well, I'm starting a business. I really need this contract, whether it's like a privacy policy or a coaching contract or a service agreement. How do you create those in a way that is customizable for people who download them?
1: Yeah. So basically the reason why I and other like lawyers have contract templates is because when it comes to different legal things, there are some things that fall under state law, meaning that I can only help people in my state. So contracts are one of those. So I can't custom draft a contract for you unless you're also in either New York or Tennessee where I'm licensed. So to get around that and be able to help all these other people online, I have contract templates, which are basically, they have customizable aspects in them. I have everything highlighted. People told me that they're very easy. And then I have like everything out for them of like all these different options it comes with instructions. That way, you know exactly what each clause actually means, first of all, so you you know know what it is, but then also how to customize it for your business to make sense. So, you know, it's not going to work for every single person, but, you know, I have ones for coaches, ones for social media managers, ones for just online business owners in general. So that's kind of like a great way for people to be able to get a contract that's written by a lawyer, written for an online business owner but it's not, you know, 100% done for you because likely most of them are not in my state. And also done for you contracts are going to be like $2,000, which, you know, that's kind of a hefty price tag for new
0: business owners.
1: Mm -hmm. So these are much more affordable as well.
0: Yeah. You're making them very accessible for people who are just starting out. I remember when I first ever got a contract or like, I think it was my first client I ever got. I remember I had to find a lawyer like ASAP who did it. And I actually had it like written out, which was interesting. But then I was in a pinch one other time. I got the social media management client, like on the fly, two grand a month. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need a contract really bad. Cause like, let's get the ball rolling on this. So I remember I had bought a contract template from somebody before. And I just remember how seamless it was. So the fact that you were creating these and making it super accessible for people, even though technically the United States doesn't want you to work with them unless it is that digital product or they're in your state. I'm just kind of interested on how you get around that though. Like obviously from a legal perspective, you're only able to help people in Tennessee or New York, but what's the difference between helping somebody like that versus like having them buy one of your contracts? So if I help someone individually, like
1: I have drafted contracts for like New York business owners, we do go a little bit more in depth. Basically, just I customize it for them. And then anything else, usually I recommend it if it's something that's like not the typical online type of business. Like I had one person who she does like virtual cooking classes. So that I did for her. And that, you know, it's also a little different because obviously you want to add in more disclaimers and stuff because when it comes, to cooking, there's a little bit more hazardous than like social media coaching or something. So, you know, for some things, it's just better to do it that way. And then also, if you're someone who's a little bit more like anxious about risk and stuff like that, then you might feel more comfortable with someone drafting it for you. It's really interesting because even though like we're barred from helping other people in other states, when it comes to contracts, like there are a couple, you know, maybe my state, the courts might like rule differently on something, but overall the principles themselves, like the clauses and stuff are the same regardless of where you are. So that's why like contract templates are still pretty good. It's just annoying lawyer stuff that bars us to our state, even though it doesn't really always make sense.
0: That is so weird, but it's really awesome. I, I really love what you are doing, Kelly, in specific, is that you teach people how to protect their assets, like you teach people how to create their assets passively. And then you also show them how to protect it through contracts and trademarks. So for people who are new in business, or maybe they have like a really good idea that they've been sitting on because they don't want to tell anybody for them to like, you know, loose lip sync ships kind of thing. For the people who are like, I have this really good idea, but I don't know where to execute, but I know I want to start executing it, what would you recommend from a trademark contract passive income standpoint? I always tell people,
1: well, one, it depends on what kind of idea, but if it's, you know, not something that's actually like an invention, like, you know, something that you'd go to maybe patent or something. If it's something else, like, you know, you have an idea about maybe like a digital product that you want to create or something. I would say one big thing that I see a lot of people do is they share the name and everything online before they've done anything like created it or protected it. And sometimes, you know, that might be fine. Like not everyone is going to steal stuff from you, but sometimes people do and sharing that name, you know, especially before it's even created before it's protected can sometimes lead to people taking that. And then if someone else were to trademark it before you, then you're, Kind of out of luck. I mean, you could potentially fight it if you have already created it and you're using it, but that's going to cost you like tens of thousands of dollars. So most people are not going to want to do that. So the best thing to do is protect it ahead of time. And also just meaning that don't share your name of like your ideas and stuff before you're you've even executed on it. And a lot of people are very trusting even to like, you know, going live and sharing stuff and they think like, oh, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. But there was actually someone on TikTok who had a following, I don't know, I think she had like 20,000 followers or something. And she talked about her business live, her business that exists already. And her business name, one of her followers actually took it and trademarked it. And then they- Oh, the ultimate betrayal. Right? So they basically said, you can have the trademark for, I think it, they were charting her like 17,000 five hundred dollars or something so you know just the fact of like being overly trusting and thinking that like your followers are your friends and that's not always the case with every single one of them so then it's either pay that for her trademark or fight it in court which could potentially cost more than twenty five
0: thousand so yeah that's devastating could you imagine you're like, I, you know, I want to have this name for my business. And like, I love you guys. Your followers have been super faithful, super loyal. And then all of a sudden one of your followers steals your freaking work. Yeah. That's. And you know, because there's a lot of people out there that like what they
1: do is try to find other fit, like other businesses from people that way they can either file the trademark for them or also purchase the domain. So then they can charge you for both of those things. So there's a lot of people that make their money like just that way, even though it's super shitty way to make money.
0: Gosh, wow. They like prey on the naivety. Is that how you say it? Of of business owners. So I'm really glad that you are speaking on (laughs) this with that specific example, because that would be devastating. That would suck so much to be so trusting. And then for them to Just swipe it out from under you. An example that I vividly remember seeing, you could tell me if you have heard about this, but when Kylie Jenner first created her lip kits, there was this other influencer named Kylie. And you know, Kylie Jenner is like trademarking. Can she trademark her name, Kylie? She can with specific goods and services. Okay, yeah. So I remember she had Kylie everywhere and then she had like the dripping thing. Mm -hmm or maybe it was the, it was something she had dripping. And I remember there was this other influencer that had like, I don't know, half a million followers and her name was Kylie. And then she had something that was like drip too. But I was just wondering like, okay, smaller influencer, bigger influencer takes your work. I posted about this the other day, Mm -hmm. but if it's like an actual, like you infringed on my copyright, like you blatantly stole my work, a bigger creator, Would that be hard to go about because they have so many more resources like that? The Kylie Kylie, for example, like Kylie Jenner has billions of dollars to her name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be tough
0: (laughs) because,
1: yeah, the person with more resources is always going to be in the better position regardless, pretty much even if you're the wrong one, just because you'll potentially have, you know, you have more money to fight it and bring it to court and infringement lawsuits are like you know, they can be even like $100,000 ultimately if you continue to fight even more than that. So most people don't have that kind of money to like put, you know, so they'll end up settling or just giving up really. And this happens a lot, you know, just with smaller business owners. Also, even with bigger ones kind of bullying them because when it comes to infringement to start a lawsuit, it's not necessarily, or even send a cease desist. It's not necessarily that like you're, definitely infringing it's if the person who's sending the season to this letter thinks you're infringing so what I might think is like because when like for example trademarks it's not just identical things that are infringement it's also something that could be like similar in like sound or meaning so you know one person has the plural and one person has the regular word or even different words that mean the same thing or different words that have a similar meaning like girl and like lady or you know something like that so if that person thinks yours is too similar they can send you that cease and desist they could potentially even sue you and a lot of people might not even think it's that similar but because that person does they might want to shut you down anyway
0: wow okay i mean that's that's okay Mm -hmm. so since we're on that topic what question i have for you is what to do from a PR standpoint if someone copies Mm -hmm. you. So from your standpoint, let's say that you did not put your processes in place. You Mm -hmm. did not get contracts. You did not have trademarks. You did not have copyrights. Like you didn't have the right systems. Mm -hmm. Someone copies you, bigger creator, let's say. Yeah. What would you recommend that the person who was copied do in that moment, like moving forward? So the
1: first thing is always get screenshots. So, you know, if you see your stuff somewhere else, screenshot it. That way you have that proof from that moment in time because, you know, things get deleted, changed, whatever. So have that. But also if someone copies you on a social media platform, well, one, I also very much agree with like pause before you just react out of like, you know, anger or being upset. Don't do anything publicly. At first, if it's on a social media platform, they actually have a really easy way to potentially remedy this. So it's called a DMCA takedown form. And you can literally just Google like Facebook or Instagram like DMCA form. And they have one that you just fill out on your own. It's like one page. It's simple. And you can link their post and then your post and say, like, it's, you know, copyright infringement, whatever, because you don't have to file to have copyright protection. So the fact that you posted something on Instagram means that you're already the copyright owner. You can't actually sue them in court for infringement because you didn't file the copyright. But you can still, you're still the owner, so you can get them to take it down. So I've actually done this (laughs) myself. So you can, you just fill out the form with the links and everything and submit it and Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform will just, you know, they'll review it and potentially if it is the same thing or they find it the same, they'll just delete the other persons.
0: Okay. So that's, that sounds like a, a pretty easy place to start. Like don't respond publicly publicly don't go call people out don't start the smear campaign go fill out the dmca form mm-hmm. and then from there if it, they're still not taking it down if they're still not doing anything would would contacting a lawyer be the next step yeah that's usually what i would recommend because you know then they can weigh in and kind of see like
1: okay what you know is it is it hurting you dependent cuz obviously it, there's going to be different levels you know between someone copying an instagram per, post versus someone like copying your content you know like your course content or something yeah like your paywall content yeah right like they downloaded your template and then they're selling it on their own you know so that's going to i know who you're
0: talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to be you know there's different levels so definitely talk yeah. to a lawyer and have them like weigh in on what the best way to handle it is but yeah publicly like commenting is just never a good idea cuz then it's a back and forth and then even your followers too it's like your followers, their followers. And I actually saw this recently with two big creators and we were going back and forth on like listening to what they were saying. And I was talking to my friend and like one day we'd be like, oh my God, we're team this person. then the next day we'd be like, wait, but this one really makes sense. But you don't know because you only see what both of them are sharing and it's hard. And then both parties, you know, the actual creators are getting so much hate. The other people have no idea what's going on.
0: So it's just like, from a PR standpoint, as you said, just, just not do that. Yeah. Like keep it private. Yeah. I'm kind of a Kardashian. Like I've realized more that like I would bring them up. I mean a lot, but then like now I realize like, I really admire what they've built. Like Kris Jenner in general, she took a moment that could have like broken her daughter and like built a multi-billion dollar fortune. From all of her family, so I I admire their hustle and their strategy and how they do it. I know you're talking about on those creators because (laughs) I saw you comment like on one of, and you're like, "I'm sorry, yeah." And so I look, I listened to the other girl. I know, and I was watching back and forth on them too, and I I listened to the other girl that was accused Mm -hmm. of of stealing the other girl's work, and I was like, okay she admitted to stealing like an online blog, like template yeah type thing. Mm-hmm. I get that. But then the other creator was like, oh, well you also like took my format. And she was like, dude, this is literally a Canva template. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. And, I was like, God. and then she was like, it was about the the title of their like modules or whatever in the course. And at first, you know, I didn't know what evidence she was actually talking about, but then I see their module titles. I'm like, those are so basic, like yeah, it's basically like saying someone else can't title something like monetizing social media. Like, that's but how basic. do
0: you know? There's billions of people in the world, and like, there's probably a lot of things that align like that. So that that's where it kind of gets hard for me. Yeah, but I just, in the end, to be honest, the girl who posted that—I mean, she did a live. Mm-hmm. She talked about the person's name. You know, she. I saw one the other day actually too, where someone like zoomed in on like screenshots that were super blurry and I'm like what are you guys doing handle this behind the scenes because it just makes you look bad honestly like so so the girl who posted the original you know this person was copying me and after I looked at both sides I'm like this is just like pointless, unnecessary drama for us to get into. I get if you feel justified, like you are allowed to feel your emotions and feel like someone copied you, feel like it's unfair. You know, you are allowed to have those feelings, but I truly, truly, truly don't ever think that taking it to social media and like doing a whole blast or campaign is a good look for you and your yeah, brand. I agree. I don't think it is either. And I'm actually like, because you know,
1: They both have a lot of followers, but I also, she said something about, you know, she has a lawyer, but I was kind of surprised that like her lawyer didn't like at least like caution her to maybe not do that because I feel like that's what I would do to my clients just because, yeah, I feel like no party looks good really coming out of that. And I feel like she kind of even looks worse
0: because she's the one that publicly, you know, put it all out there. Hey, don't mean to interrupt. It's going to be really quick, but we have a message from our sponsors, by the way. Hope you love what you're hearing so far. Now from our sponsor, hey, it's Alexi McKinley. I'm your host of this podcast and also the sponsor of this podcast because I own UpWest Social and PR. For all my business owners out there, are you looking to grow your brand, expand your reach, become the number one top trusted source in your industry, and continually have a funnel of new clients to work with? If you said yes to any of these questions, it's time you join the Be Your Own Publicist program, or as I like to call it, BYOP. This is an eight-week hybrid program where you will learn the ins and outs of doing your own PR, essentially becoming your own publicist. For more information or to join, hit the link in the show notes below. Now back to our scheduled programming. Yeah, it's it's this weird concept of like, you think you're doing like the public a favor by being like, this person's a fraud. This person took my work, this person, this person, which again, I understand like that. it's a really hard feeling. Mm -hmm. I had a creator that had over 400,000 people that follows him and he's like semi-local to me. He took, I had a caption recipe. Mm -hmm. He took my whole Instagram post, made it into a carousel. Like I'm gonna have to send it to you. Like, there was no way in hell that that was not mine because the verbiage and terminology in there was like the exact same. But I never called him out on blast. I don't use his name. When I've posted about it as a teachable moment, I've had DMs like, who is this? And I will not tell anybody because I'm like, I, what what if in the future I like him again. Like I like, I like his work. Right. I mean, that's a slim chance because when you like copyright from, yeah. or you, you take from me and then just make it no big deal. I'm like, so how many other people are you doing that to? That's just kind of a stain in my brain, but I'm not going to go tell other people they can't buy from him because of that. You know, it's like, it's whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like, we have to realize that our words are super powerful and they're can be a lot of when you bring your emotions into it and you start like speaking slanderous things towards people, I feel like that can get bad. Can you speak on that though, with the whole, like calling people out on social media, accusing them of something like what line does that hit slander, defamation, harassment? So it depends one also on
1: like, is it true or not? Which I think also is, you know, even more of a reason to not publicly call people out because I think a lot of people too, like when you know, when your emotions are in play and stuff and you think someone's copying you, you want to say something. And one, if you start saying that they infringed on you, are you 100, are you sure that they did? Because like, do you actually know what copyright infringement means? Like some people think that like taking inspiration or something, something that, you know, is different is still too close to them and you know maybe they're like not really maybe they're kind of off base so then they're kind of like talking badly about this person accusing them of maybe something that technically they didn't even do so then that's even worse for you because then you know that other person has more of a case on like oh they defamed my character you know they said I did this when by law like I I didn't so I think that is something too because people you know, feel hurt and start talking about something when they're not certain that it is, you know, it actually looks that way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also a big reason why to do that. And then also like harassment, you know, if someone's constantly like calling someone out the other person. Yeah. I mean, especially when we're talking about bigger creators and then their followers go after them and then all this other kind of stuff happens. I think Sure, you obviously are not responsible for what your followers and other people are doing,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but you also kind of don't want to be in the position to be the one causing that. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's just a lot that comes into play and like, you know, you potentially, however many times you're doing it to someone, like if you're repeatedly talking about it, then yeah, maybe they can say that you're actually harassing them. So yeah, I think like a lot of people don't think about the consequences maybe of like what could come of it. And, you know, again, if that other person has more money than you and they file, they go to a lawyer, file a defamation lawsuit, something like that, like you don't want to be dealing with that. So Mm -hmm. you never really know. So it's best to think about it before reacting emotionally and I actually had, funny enough, I had an intellectual property lawyer copy my post. Like they literally took one, they took my entire carousel, they just changed the colors. And then, and it was like this graphic that took me forever because I put like the little money symbols, but like so many of them.
0: Yeah. And I
1: had to change the colors and everything. So they took the entire carousel and my caption. One of my, actually, my web designer saw it and, sent it to me. And she was like, this girl, like, cause I didn't follow her, but she followed me. And so then I asked her to remove it, but I also had filed the form on Instagram, but then she deleted it. So then she deleted it. And then I just blocked her. And I talked about it on my stories that this happened, but I didn't name her, you know, I didn't say what post it was anything because I don't want that. And I don't need that kind of like public thing. I can talk about it as a lesson and how, what to do, how to, you know, go file this form that I just did, but
0: that's it. (laughs) And and that's the difference too, is like, is when you get into that aspect of like, okay, well, I'm not going to throw her on front street. I'm not going to try to make other people dislike her, not work from her. I know the truth. There's confidence Mm -hmm. that comes in knowing the truth without having to have everybody else know the truth too, because when you put it out there, you enter the court of public opinion. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you put something on social media, like you are just subject in general to scrutiny, backlash, feedback, whatever it may be, but that's something important to remember too. And that's what I was going to say on the Kardashians, no matter how much you hate them, they have built a really good business because they stay silent on everything, literally everything. And then they make you tune into their show. <laughs> see what happened. Like, you know, the whole thing on like Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson or Kim Kardashian and Kanye. Like all of these previews we're seeing are what we've been seeing on social media. We haven't had any answers or any feedback from them, but they're showing us right now. Hey, if you tune into our Hulu show on the 14th, then you're going to start seeing what has actually been going on behind the scenes. So I actually have been in a position where I've been in a smear campaign and this was 2018, 19 like it lasted for a little while and i want this to be a teachable moment for anybody who's listening to this too like cuz cuz this really does coincide but when one person is constantly blabbing their mouth like talking smack about you dragging you through the dirt making you look like a terrible person do not say anything and it's really fucking hard like i'm sorry it is really hard so the first two years that was going on i was trying to defend myself i was mm-hmm. like well you don't know the whole story you did that like I, I was wasting my breath, energy, and time trying to defend myself. And then I realized I'm like, oh yeah, I can't change anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I All I can do is remove myself from that situation and ignore, not talk about that person to other people. If they mention them, be very like neutral, not try... I, I'm not in the game to try to like tear people down and make them look bad because they hurt me or they tried to make me look bad. Like that's just, that's just not how I roll. But the biggest thing that I've learned is if you have somebody who is constantly bad mouthing you, that's in your circle, whatever, like maybe it's a family member, maybe it's someone that you cannot get away from. Do not say anything. Do not. In public, don't say anything to other people. Handle it between you two not Again, don't put it in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. because then you're giving people the opportunity to take sides. But yeah. if in retrospect, I would have just shut my mouth, let this person run their mouth all they wanted, who would have looked bad in a couple of years? Right. I haven't said jack shit. All you're doing is airing all of your dirty laundry on the road. And then people are going to get sick of seeing dirty laundry. I mean, that. I mean that's just bottom line. They might love the gossip in the beginning because it tastes so good. But then after a while, it's like, can you guys just fucking figure it out? Like, this is annoying. That's what it gets to. Yeah, I definitely agree. As hard as it is. <laughs> it's really hard. Oh my gosh. I would never recommend like subjecting yourself to that if you can prevent it. But if it does happen, just remember to like stay silent, take care of yourself. If it gets really bad, like slanderous harassment, contact the local authorities, a lawyer, like Mm -hmm. do something to protect yourself. But if it's just like petty high school drama bullshit, like you're copying me. (laughs) Like it's not actual copyright infringement. It's just like you use the same color as I did or the same font. Then it's like, okay, (laughs) exactly. That's the thing
1: too, because people will talk like, call someone out publicly for like, oh, they copied me, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll like, look at the evidence. I'm like, they did not. (laughs) Like, Like, you don't even know what it means.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's kind of embarrassing, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I like what you said, how, when you had an intellectual property lawyer, copy you, how (laughs) you didn't get on your stories, you didn't bash them. You didn't call them out by name. You didn't get your followers to go do anything. I'm not saying get your followers, but when you start telling your followers, what's happening, naturally they want to defend you because they love you. Right, And they're going to go over there So I feel like when you do say something You're kind of You are putting your followers in the position Like you're setting them up Yeah Mm -hmm. And then going back and being like No, don't say (laughs) First and foremost In my opinion I don't think you can hold anybody accountable Besides yourself Like obviously When it comes to breaking the law Yes, you can hold people accountable That's why we have courts and juries And jails and prisons and whatnot But when it comes to like If I said something that was like tone deaf and then i had the online mob come after me i feel like you cannot hold the the online trolls who don't know me cannot hold me accountable for you know what i'm saying like that has to come from within right unless it's illegal right right unless it's like okay you're being like straight up slanderous like defamatory you're you're doing X Y Z P T Q, but otherwise just leave people alone just let them do their own <laughs> shit let them let them crash and like honestly this is this sounds really fucking like just cut and dry but let people crash and burn because that's the only way they're going to learn we can't keep saving people from themselves they have to learn somehow and if we continue to be their little savior then they're not they're never going to learn they're going to make worse mistakes yeah i agree that was like such a random tangent (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Okay. I know this, like we spiraled from passive income to what to do if you get coffee, copy to how to create and protect your work to what happens if you get this land or defamation harassment on and what to do if this stuff does happen. So from your perspective, I'm wondering what is the biggest, when it comes to like creators showing up online, putting mm-hmm. their content out, what's the biggest mistake that you see? Like 90% of the online space making
1: Probably thinking that like, no one's ever going to copy them. And I mean, like they're usually it's something that is like their name, some type of, you know, their business name, their course name, their group program name, some type of name that like is important to them. They think that they're not going to get a copycat or, you know, it's fine or like, you know, collaboration over competition or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And then so they'll keep putting off trademarking something that is super important to them, like a main part of their brand. And then they'll come to me later on and saying, now I have a copycat. I wish I started the trademark process earlier with you, but let's start now. And that's fine to start now, but then it's going to take a year until you get that trademark. And so there's only so much oh. we can do in that time frame to stop the other person because you don't own it yet either. You don't have the trademark yet. So if they had done it before there was a copycat, then they'd have that ownership over that name already. And then they could stop the other person. And I see this so often. And a lot of times it's with people who come to me thinking like, okay, I might want to protect this and saying, hearing the investment, like 2000. And they're like, I'm going to hold off. And then they come back later and say, now I have a copycat. I wish I did it when I first came to you. And that's probably the biggest thing because then at that point, this other person is then building something that's similar to you, you know, and you can only do so much to stop them.
0: So if I were to trademark this course that I did the training on, remember I did the training in the mastermind on that Mm -hmm. one acronym yes. training. So if I were to trademark that, for example, I'm like, hey, Kelly, I want to trademark this. I want to blow this up. Like, I want this to be my brand, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like this, this acronym with the, the phrase that's behind it, you know. Mm-hmm. So realistically, when we file the trademark for that, does that tell other people like, this is already being filed? You can't use it.
1: So- Once you file within like a week or two, it goes public in the system. So it is live and, you know, there for other people to see if they look there, but you're basically holding your place in line at that point, but you don't own it yet. So if someone were to file something similar after you, once the trademark office starts looking at yours and, you know, they continue on whatever, once they get to theirs who filed after you, they would likely... Receive at least an initial refusal saying, you know, no, you can't trademark this. It's too similar to, you know, yours that you've already filed. So they would say, you know, no, like whatever. But and then they could try to argue it or whatever. So once you file, you know, people that file after you would have a hard time doing so, getting through. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that like all the other people that or whoever else doesn't file won't stop using it. And even the person who files after you, you know, if they file after you with something very similar, they either didn't use a lawyer who knew that you filed and told them you're not going to have a, a good you know chance and file something else, or they really like the name so much that they want to chance it. So either way, you have these other people existing while you're also existing. And that's not really great for your brand.
0: Mm, so this is like a very cautionary tale. If you're listening to this and you have something that you absolutely love and adore and want to make a huge part of your brand, reach out to Kelly. Get the <laughs> trademark ball rolling. Can you give listeners kind of a ballpark of how much the investment is for trademarking?
1: Yeah. So basically, I usually say, so it's two thousand for my fees, and then. And that's, you know, we do a full search before we file it. That's the most important part. You can do a basic free search online on the trademark website, but it's not going to replace the full search we do because this really like assesses the risk level of your mark. Like, is it even worth spending the money, taking the year to file if there's not good chances of it getting through? So yeah. we do that first. And then the other costs are your filing fees. So it's at least another 250 in filing fees. And filing fees depend on what types of goods and services you have, because of course the trademark office wants as much money as they can get from you for filing fees. So if you file, like, you know, if you have services, but then you also have like products, that's going to be a, so then another filing fee, but usually we, you know, figure out what your priority is. Some people have one class, some people have two or three, but I would usually budget between like 2,200 to like 2,700 ish. Um, Well, that's,
0: that's not horrible because in the, in the grand scheme of things, you have that trademark forever, right? right. Yes, man. That's how I'm, you know, you know what you said about domains earlier and how you're like people buy domains now and they sell them. Mm -hmm. I have been kind of, I mean, and you can take this if you're going to steal this because (laughs) I'm not going to run with it. I just think it's a pretty good idea, but I, I, through the process of buying a lot of domains for (laughs) like myself, my business, my husband's business, helping my Mm -hmm. sister-in-law build her business, like just do so many different things. Well, she has a huge built business, but like get a social website presence. Mm -hmm. I've been looking at a lot of different domain names. Mm -hmm. And what I did not realize is that that is a huge industry where people buy domain names and then sell them for a huge cost, like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the thing that is really smart about getting into the domain buying and selling is the internet is still so young, like what, less 25, 26 years young. Like that's, that's young, not Mm -hmm. even 30 years old. So imagine in 30, 40, 50 years when all of these celebrity kids, all of our kids, like the next generation starts growing up. The generation that grew up on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, Snapchat, what they're going to do by the time that in 30 years, if you don't start doing this type of stuff now, like get off your ass now and start working, you're going to be pissed when you see Northwest have a billion dollar brand. Like, yes, I get it. She's, she grew up privileged, but that's, that's going to be just another instance of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to look back in 30 years and be like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have like bought that domain name. I wish I would have started my business earlier because I'm telling you guys right now, there's a huge wave of influencers, online creators, like it's all coming Mm -hmm. and you are ahead of the game right this second. Exactly. (laughs) So trademark your work, buy your domain, like get all of your ducks in a row. You don't have to have it perfect, but Mm -hmm. start taking those steps because in 10, 15, 20 years, when you see the generation behind you do better than you, you're going to be pissed. Yes. And you know, (laughs) even if, let's say you're creating a course and you didn't launch it yet or creating
1: something program, whatever, and didn't launch it yet. You can still file your trademark. There's two ways you can file. If it's already, something's already launched or if you're in the process of launching, which is a, what a lot of big businesses do, you know, they file it. That way the ball's already rolling before they publicly announce it to us. Like, you know, Starbucks, Disney, you can go in and see what people are already trying to do. Um, Elon Musk, for some type of like drive-in something, a d- drive-in restaurant, I think, uh, filed a trademark for stuff. So you can, <gasps> you know, Snoop Dogg for hot dogs, really? all these oh, things that are not in existence yet, but you know, they're they're out there protecting it. So you can
0: do that too. Can you start doing a series on your Instagram account of all of the weird trademarks that celebrities and people that we know are doing? Right, I totally should. That's a really good idea. I would, I mean, you're telling me this. I'm like, wait, what? But I feel like that will start sparking ideas of different entrepreneurs. Like, ooh, that's a great idea. And I think also it would help people be like, oh, shit, I need to start trademarking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's my content ideas for the day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Kelly, this was super fun. You gave so much good information on here. How can people find you and where can they work with you? So you can find me mainly on Instagram.
1: Um, my handle is at @lawyerkelly, kelly with an i underscore and my website is kellyjoneslaw.com, kelly with an i. And yeah, you can find me either of those places or even on TikTok lawyer kelly as well. Oh, and
0: you're starting to you're starting to ramp up on TikTok, huh? Yes, I am. That's oh my, my gosh. Favorite platform of the moment. <laughs> is it? Okay, I need to get back on there. <laughs> every, every time I talk to somebody and I listen to Gary Vee, they're like get on TikTok you need to get on TikTok get on TikTok and I have like 54,000 followers on there but I'm like mm-hmm. I don't want to people <laughs> yeah. aren't people have been brutal on there and I feel like that's my thing but I just need to get over it anyway oh, yeah. <laughs> people are <laughs> with me on TikTok
1: sometimes not usually but you know like maybe one percent of people say mean things but yeah <laughs> People are wild.
0: It's okay. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show. I cannot wait to hear the feedback from the audience on here. Leave some love below for Kelly. All of her links will be in the show notes. So we will talk to you next week. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us in the lounge today. Don't forget to share some love in the reviews, connect with us on social media, and subscribe so you never miss a beat. And can you do me one last favor? Send me a DM on Instagram so I can say, hey, I would love to get to know you more. Until next Tuesday, we'll see you then.